Hello, it's AJ, and welcome to the D Plus Club. As always, I'll be bringing you the latest news and rumours in the world of Disney Plus. I'll be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week, we have a weekly movie club where I give you an overview of the movie along with some facts and some possible goofs. In the last show, we covered the movie Willow ahead of the TV series or sequel TV series being released this past week. That episode, along with all previous episodes, is available now on all major podcasting platforms, including probably whichever one you're listening on right now. And for this last week's movie, we've been returning to our MCU series for Ant-Man and the Wasp. But I'll get back to that a little bit later in the show. How's everyone's week been doing? I've just been really busy with work this past week. I've been going to some more business networking events. I've been creating new videos and things like that, but... That's kind of about it through the working week. I think we're on the wind down now to Christmas and this, that and the other. It's just one of those things as you're like winding down towards Christmas. You're just looking forward to spending time with the family at weekends. So like yesterday, for example, we all went out and did some Christmas shopping. We bought in lots of different things that we needed, even if it's just like snacky food and things like that, that we just want to have just on on an evening rather than like cooking a full meal, just throw some things in the oven. It's just like party food and things like that that we really enjoy in the lead up to Christmas. We also bought some other bits and this, that and the other. But also last night we went to our local pantomime, so like the the show that they have on at Christmas. And this year it was Sleeping Beauty. And it's not like your typical like Disney Sleeping Beauty. It's a, it's a very regionalized version of. So uh, like all of the characters are speaking in like our local accent and things like that. And they're really taking advantage of being so local and using a lot of local terminology and references to places and names and people that might be known in the local area and things like that. But it was very, very funny. And it's at Cast Theatre in Doncaster. And one of the things I always love about Cast Theatre in Doncaster is that they are very supportive of the local deaf community. So there are a number of deaf actors and actresses that are actually on stage. And there's always at all times an interpreter on stage as well. And last night was the very first showing. It was actually supposed to be on on Friday but they had some technical difficulties. I believe some of the cast might have been ill or just not available. I'm not sure what went on exactly. Regardless, last night was the opening night. And because of these technical difficulties, there was, say, for example, one of the main actors actually had to have a script on stage with them. I don't think that that would usually have been their role, but they really did a really good job. They, they took up that role at very last minute by the sounds of it and was able to put on this show. And I think without her and also another actor that was in it as well i just don't think there would have been a show last night so i'm really really thankful for them to be able to put that on and we all loved it it was so funny so much fun the kids really really enjoyed it and i just look forward to being able to go back again next year but honestly that's about it we've just had a nice relaxing day today got some things done around the house my wife did a stew we've just had a just a nice relaxing family day the only thing that i have had to do is that when we were going to go to the pantomime last night we noticed that one of my tires on my car was flat and i ended up pumping it up today driving it around a little bit and i could audibly hear it once i got back home that like the air coming out of it so i've now got to work at home for a while tomorrow whilst i wait for someone to come out to the house to replace the tire and it just 
I don't feel like driving it very far with an actively leaking tyre, let's say. So, yeah, I've got someone coming to the house tomorrow, so that's not very good leading up to Christmas, which has cost us a little bit of money, let's say. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's It was going to happen eventually, I suppose, so why not happen now and lead up to Christmas? Hopefully everyone else has had a good week, though. Drop me a message, of course, over on social media at, at or forward slash the D plus club just to let me know how you've been doing, of course. It's always nice to be able to hear from you. Now, though, it's time for the news. And I actually wanted to start this week with a couple of surprise trailer drops that we got. I will start with the first trailer for Indiana Jones 5, or what should I now call it, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And this looks incredible, by the way. I, I was I was always sceptical about the last Indiana Jones film. It just, I'm, I'm not sure. It always had this sort of they were trying too hard. I enjoyed the story. I know a lot of people didn't, but I just felt like they were trying too hard to make it a little bit more modern and bring Harrison Ford back and, you know, just take advantage of that name, the Indiana Jones name. But and anyway, I enjoyed it at the end of the day. I know a lot of people still didn't, but this one looks absolutely brilliant. It looks amazing. I will admit Harrison Ford is looking a little bit old in this now, and I think they are going to play on that a little bit, but yeah, really, really enjoyed it, and I'm really, really looking forward to this. It's actually due to release in cinemas on June 30th, so it's actually not too far away now, although, again, I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to get to the cinema. We did also get our first look trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 this past week, which is another one that looks... It looks very emotional, let's say. I'm not sure that all of the Guardians are going to make it out of this film alive. And I've seen a lot of reports and a lot of people talking about it and comparing the characters are in it and the stories in the comics and how it could like feed back and like relate to each other. I'm not sure. I'm not going to speculate too much. But a couple of those rumours are saying that this might be the last... Well, it is going to be the last Guardians movie, but it could be the end for one character in particular, and that character is actually Rocket, which would be really, really sad. I think Rocket is an absolutely brilliant character, and I always enjoy his, like, sly, snarky remarks, and I think he's one of my favourite characters in the Guardians, if I'm going to be completely honest. So... I don't know. I, I did see a quote this past week. I haven't actually got it written down, actually. I'm wondering whether I could find it. I know, actually, that's where I saw it. It was Eric over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord. Let me just open that. Here it is. So Eric actually put in the Sorcerer Radio Discord in the Disney Plus room, bear in mind. So anyone can go into the Disney Plus room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord. You can discuss like your favourite film, talk about film trailers. I actually posted the film trailers that I'm talking about now, actually, there this past week. But Eric actually put in that he saw an article from Comic Book Reporter, which said... James Gunn has previously stated that his goal in helming the last Guardians movie was to give Rocket Raccoon a fitting send-off. The reason why I needed to finish this is because I love the character of Rocket more than any character I've ever dealt with before, and I needed to finish his story, and that's what Volume 3 is about. Apparently he went on to say, I absolutely needed to do it, and I think that we've done it in a spectacular way that I can't wait for people to be able to see. So this is kind of reinforcing that the myself and others, and I've seen a lot of YouTube videos about this as well by this past week, by the way, that this could be the end for Rocket Raccoon. And hopefully it will be a fitting end as well. And they will very heavily focus on his story and his backstory as well, because that's something that we've really missed on screen in the movies, that we haven't really got that backstory for Rocket Raccoon. And yeah, I think that this is going to be an absolutely brilliant movie. And I really can't wait 
great to be able to see it. I absolutely love the Christmas special, by the way. I have gone back and watched it again since, just on my lunch break at work, and yeah, absolutely loved it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will release in cinemas on May 5th. Moving on, though, now, we also received some news from Deadline this past week that Margarita Levieva, who has starred in Netflix In From The Cold and also HBO's The Deuce, has signed on for a guest role in the upcoming Star Wars series The Acolyte, which will take us further back in Star Wars history than we've ever gone before. However, nothing is actually yet known about the role that she'll be playing, but I'm really looking forward to seeing this, this High Republic era in the Star Wars universe on screen for the first time with... We've, of course, had the High Republic comics and the books and things like that, but this will be the first time that we'll have visually seen this like era in Star Wars history, so really, really looking forward to this one. We also got some casting updates for a couple of projects this past week, including Deadline reporting that Michael Gandolfini, I think that's how you say that, is joining the upcoming cast for Daredevil Born Again in a major role. However, not much is known about the role he'll be playing at this time. According to some early reports, he's an ambitious guy from Staten Island, referred to as Liam. However, that might not be the final character name, of course. With projects such as TV and film, there's sometimes a uh, like a code name that they'll give to people and characters, and it could be that this Liam is the real name or it could be that they're hiding the real name from like the public seeing because it could be a major character in the series so we're not don't actually know more about that yet but i will be keeping an eye out on that one in the coming months and year ahead let's say as we start to get ramp up to this series entering production and release Michael's previously starred in other projects such as The Many Saints of Newark and also Ocean's 8 as well, which I didn't realise. Deadline also reported this past week that Kate Dickey has joined the cast of Loki Season 2 in an unknown role. However, multiple reports are expecting her to be playing a villainous role in the series. Kate has previously starred in One of Us and also Peaky Blinders, The Northman, and also Star Wars The Last Jedi, so... Looking forward to finding out more about that one. I really, really enjoyed Loki. Did, did, did anyone else enjoy Loki? And for me, I, f- I feel Loki is one of the better Marvel series to date. And I, yeah, really looking forward to the second season. I'm, I'm thankful that um, one of these Marvel series is getting a second season because I feel like they've just been self-contained stories that they didn't feel that they could do on the big screen yet. Whereas Loki definitely does have that ground to like run for multiple seasons, hopefully. So yeah, really, really enjoying that one. And I'm looking forward to this second season. We also got a casting update for Agatha Coven of Chaos. Earlier this year, we did actually report that Aubrey Plaza would be joining the series. Now, this past week, she actually spoke with GQ magazine, where she spoke just a little bit about her role in the upcoming series, revealing that she would be playing a really pivotal role. However, not much is known about the role as of yet. However, many are expecting her to play a villainous role opposite Agatha Harkness, of course. So, uh, yeah, I'm... uh, Looking forward to finding out more about that. I think this, going back to that sequel, I think Agatha Coven of Chaos is the only kind of other sequel apart from like Loki, which is a direct season to Agatha Coven of Chaos will be a continuation almost of her story from WandaVision. So again, this is another one that I'm looking forward to. And I actually really enjoyed the character of Agatha Harkness. And I think that they can really expand on that in its own series. So uh, yeah, looking forward to finding out more on that one. 
Moving on from casting updates now, it's actually been reported by Deadline this past week that Disney has begun development on a new musical feature that is inspired by a dynamic princess from Indian history. Nothing yet is much known about the project, other than it will be created by Gurinder Chadara. I think that's how you say that. I am not sure. I do apologise if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Apparently, Gorinda will be writing, directing, and also producing the project, having previously worked on Bend It Like Beckham and also Bride and Prejudice. This past week, we also received some more news about the upcoming second season of The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, which I absolutely loved the first series, and I've been a one of the biggest advocates for a second series because yeah absolutely brilliant and i'm just thankful that they're continuing this documentary style about disney's animal kingdom and also all of the other animal sections of the disney parks let's say it's been reported that the first two episodes will release in the u.s on the national geographic channel on january 1st before moving over to disney plus starting on january 4th We don't yet know if this will also release in the UK on that same day. However, we did get episode names and also descriptions. I won't go through all of the individual descriptions in length because we could be here for quite a while, but I will cover the titles because it'll give you kind of an insight into those. And also it'll kind of leave it open to interpretation so you can kind of guess what these episodes might be about. You can actually find these these descriptions for these episodes online if you would like to be able to look into them in more detail but i don't know i'm really looking forward to just checking out the episodes as they come become available the episode titles will be giraffic jam see you later turtles sea turtles sos okapi bundle of joy gorilla dive master flocks of love that's a more eel chilled out cheetahs giant leap for rhino kind and finally and i'm not sure why i left this one to last because i look at it on screen i'm like how am i going to pronounce that until i realize what word it actually is but the episode title is called gesundheit jolo so yeah really looking forward to these episodes i don't know some of these episodes you'll read the titles and you're like what is that episode really going to be about for example giant leap for rhino kind what is even that episode going to be about if it's going to be anything like the first season there will be one primary focus for the episode and then they'll be following a couple of other animals here and there throughout the episode so yeah really really looking forward to the return of this series and yeah just cannot wait for this to come to the uk and like i say in the ublta in the us on disney plus specifically on january 4th Moving on though now, this past week as part of the start of the 100 Years of Wonder celebration, Disney actually released a new short starring Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And it actually can be found over on the Walt Disney Animation Studios YouTube channel. It's only a minute long and it's showcased as an old silent film with a backing track as well. It was really fun to be able to see, especially considering that it's been like 94 years since the last Oswald cartoon. It was a little bit of a weird one, I'm not going to lie. Like, you've got Oswald, like, his head falls off, he pulls off his foot at one point and this and the other, but, uh, yeah, I loved it nonetheless. It was really fun to be able to see this character. Walt Disney actually introduced Oswald's moviegoers in 1927 with the short Trolley Troubles, and also 26 Oswald short films were created by Walt Disney and his team, with the final Disney short starring the character released in late summer of 1928, which is the same year that Walt lost creative control over his beloved rabbit 
In 2016, the then-CEO, or should I say current CEO still, Bob Iger, actually made an unprecedented deal with NBC Universal that included permitting sportscaster Al Michaels to contract with NBC in the exchange for the return of Oswald to his original home. Since then, Oswald has appeared in video games, merchandise, and also Disney theme parks around the world. In conjunction with the animated short, Disney is also launching an Oswald the Lucky Rabbit Snapchat lens globally that allows users to channel Oswald using AR technology. It's not yet known if the short will come to Disney+, Plus. however, until that time, you can find it over on YouTube. And I think that's most of the news for this past week, other than that during the town hall session this past week, Bob Iger actually addressed some of the issues the company is having with linear and streaming business. The large amount of losses from direct-to-consumer business is reportedly one of the many reasons that the former CEO, Bob Chapek, was actually removed from the role. And fixing the losses of that division is one of the main issues that Bob Iger faces currently, let's say. Since returning, of course, Bob Iger has already announced that he's going to restructure the media division. However, there's no timeline for how long this restructuring might take. I haven't actually included this in the notes, but I did notice this past week that Disney has bought the final 15% out of the media distribution company that manages all of this. I can't even remember the name of it now, but the final 15% was originally owned by MLB Advanced Media, I think it was, which actually I think they actually founded a lot of the media streaming that is used by Disney and some of the other platforms in the US and around the world, actually. Actually, I think MLB TV or MLB Advanced Media, as it's called, actually I founded a lot of like what is now modern streaming because i remember when i was a lot lot younger that mlb tv or mlb mosaic i think it was called at the time was one of the earliest forms of streaming because you could play mlb games around the world if you wanted to so anyway i'm pretty confident that you can actually make this division uh, profitable again let's say so i'm looking forward to see what direction that takes and if it will affect anything that is currently in development for disney plus or if it's mainly like like business side restructuring that will help that so uh, yeah i'm looking forward to finding out more about this in the coming months and year ahead let's say that's about it for the news this past week though what are you most excited about let me know of course over on social media at at or forward slash the d plus club or of course over in the sorcerer radio discord i'm usually in there most days regardless which is srsounds.com forward slash discord or you can also find me over on the sorcerer radio fun zone facebook group now, though, it's time for a brief break, and then I'll be back with what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week. What are some of the most popular songs played on Sorcerer Radio? We'll find out every Monday morning on the SRN Top 10 at 8 a.m. Eastern. Vote for your favorite Disney song on the Sorcerer Radio app by pressing the vote button on the bottom part of the screen. That's the SRN Top 10 on Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music all day long. SRSounds.com. Are you a park opener? Maybe you love the smell of pirate water. Here at Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company, we're a little sweet on Gaston, and we think you might be too. Bring these magically inspired scents to your home, or it could be off with your head. Magically scent your world at magicallyscented.com. Sorcerer Radio listeners, be sure to use the code SOR20 to get 20% off your next magically scented order.
And we're back. So what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week? Well, this past week, I think I actually only got round to watching the Santa Claus as episode four. I know I've not really been that busy, but and I, and I also promise that I try and get caught up on Mighty Ducks game changes, and I still do want to try and do that. But I'm blaming that I've got a new video game. <laughs> I don't often actually sit down and play a video game, but this past week, when I've been able to on an evening, like once the kids are in bed and once we're trying to chill out, I've just found just... I don't know, start up a video game rather than watching something on TV, but I did make sure to watch the Santa Claus's episode 4 just because I'm really enjoying that series. Apart from that intro that still freaks me out, but uh, yeah, really, really enjoying that series. And I'm enjoying seeing where this series is taking us and seeing that how this one wrong decision to kind of retire and bring someone else in and of course whether you've made the right decision to be able to bring in the right person or the person that you think is right for the role you know i'm wondering whether disney were actually thinking about their own ceo at the time that they were making this <laughs> there's some very uh, close parallels between uh, bob Iger retiring bob chapek coming in and then uh, maybe bob Iger coming back straight after you know what it does make you wonder whether tim allen or scott calvin will return as santa claus before the end of the series that would be the perfect mirror of the disney company right now where he retires brings someone else in and then comes back to be able to do the job because he enjoys it that much and he he's passionate about the role but anyway i am going to leave it at that i am going to try and get caught up on some of these other series i still want to get caught up on big shot as well that's i think once i take some time off over christmas which actually reminds me the next show which will be next weekend will actually be the final show of this year and i'll be taking a break and then coming back i think i've put it down for the 15th of january so there'll be a nice gap there just to be able to spend some time with family and uh, yeah we've got lots of like weekend activities planned that we usually don't do when i'm recording so uh, yeah really looking forward to being able to have that that family time but i am getting a off topic let's have a look what's coming this next week though starting on wednesday this next week we'll be getting the third episode of willow after we got the first two episodes last week we'll also be getting the fifth episode of the santa clauses which promises a big reveal after the closing moments of this past week's episode we'll also be getting the season two finale of the mysterious benedict society whilst in the u.s you'll also be getting new episodes of the villains of valley view two new episodes of raven's home five new episodes of alice's wonderland bakery eight new episodes from season three of gigantosaurus sumo do sumo don't episode eight botswana season one animal fright night seasons one through six and also beyond magic with dmc season one where the magician drummond monte Kroots, is that how you say that travels across various international destinations showcasing his mastery through card play cheating and also magic in the uk on wednesday we'll be getting a new episode of american horror stories nyc ncis hawaii episode 16 911 season 6 episode 5 station 19 season 6 episode 7 gray's anatomy season 19 episode 7 Family Guy Season 21, Episode 7, and we'll also be getting Connect, where Hat Dong So, who is a new type of immortal human known as a Connect, is kidnapped by a gang of organ harvesters, determined to take his eyes. After suddenly waking up on an operating table partway through the surgery, Dong So manages to escape with one remaining eye. He later discovers that he can still see out of his missing eye, which is now being used by a serial killer terrorizing the residents of seoul 
Determined to get back what was taken, Dong So pursues the killer, taking whatever steps are necessary to make himself whole again. And we'll also be getting the new movie Amsterdam from 20th Century Studios, which is an original crime epic based on facts that meet fiction, which follows three close friends who find themselves at the centre of one of the most shocking secret plots in American history. In the US on Thursday, you'll also be getting Brahmastra Part 1, which is the story of Shiva, a young man who is our protagonist and on the brink of an epic love with a girl named Isha. But their world is turned upside down because Shiva learns that he has a mysterious connection to Brahmastra, a great power within him that he doesn't understand just yet. The power of fire. And you'll also be getting Solo Amor Y Milkan. Actually, I have no idea whether I pronounced that correctly. I'm hoping that I was at least very close. Where on the 10th anniversary of Violetta's release, Tinny gets together with her former classmates to celebrate, giving her fans an intimate, unique, and unforgettable show. Moving on to Friday, we'll be getting the animated special sequel, Night at the Museum, Kamen Ra Rises Again, where Nick Daly is following in his father's footsteps as night watchman at the American Museum of Natural History. So he knows what happens when the sun goes down. But when the maniacal ruler, Kamen Ra, escapes, it's up to Nick to save the museum once and for all. We'll also be getting Adina Menzel, Which Way to the Stage, which follows Adina on an intimate journey as she juggles the challenges of being a working mother and also wife on a grueling travel schedule whilst preparing to take the stage at Madison Square Garden. We'll also be getting the extended edition of Muppets Christmas Carol. And in the US, you'll also be getting the CMA Country Christmas, which actually I've been listening to the official playlist this past week on Apple Music, and I've actually been really, really enjoying this. So it's actually been my soundtrack going to work at the moment. I usually listen to an audio book and also Sorcerer Radio, and I'll like flip which one I'm doing in the morning and in the evening. But uh, this past week, I've been listening to the CMA Country Christmas Christmas playlist and really really been enjoying it. You'll also be getting Retrograde which captures the final nine months of America's 20-year war in Afghanistan from multiple perspectives and you'll be getting the National Geographic specials Shark versus Tuna, Ocean's Breath and also Area 51 The CIA's Secret. Over here in the UK we'll be getting a new episode of Criminal Minds Evolution Weekend Family Christmas, and we'll also be getting the recent special Mickey Saves Christmas, which I'm really looking forward to checking out with the kids because it actually looks really fun. And that's about it for this next week. What are you most looking forward to? Of course, let me know over on social media at at all forward slash the D plus club or over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. Now, though, I'm going to take another brief break and I'll be back with the Weekly Movie Club. Looking for the show that talks about all things Disney? Then check out the Disney List with Kristen and Al John. They've got news on Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, the parks, and so much more. Listen to the Disney List every Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. Hi, it's Jeff Davis here on Sorcerer Radio. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for DW60. 
We'll start things off with Press Row as we talk about some of the top news stories from the Walt Disney World Resort. And of course, there's always rumors floating around, and I'll cover them during the rumors of the week. And I'll be reading your emails during email time. As always, I'll be playing some of your favorite Disney music from around the Walt Disney World Resort. If you missed the show, catch the replay that evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can always catch up on the news of the week during DW60's Press Row Podcast, available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. It's DW60 with me, Jeff Davis, here on Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music all day long, srsounds.com. Make sure you do tune in to DW60 this next week because Jeff and Nicole have actually been away on a cruise and also they headed over to Walt Disney World and I believe they went to the Mickey's A Very Merry Christmas Party. So I'm sure they've got lots to be able to talk about on the next show of DW60, which I believe should be airing this coming Friday. So make sure you check that out. Now, though, it's time for the Weekly Movie Club. And as I mentioned earlier, this past week's Movie Club movie has been Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, if you've never seen Ant-Man and the Wasp before, this is your spoiler warning. If you don't want to be spoiled, pause the show, go and watch the film, and then come back and join us for the rest of the podcast. Now, with the spoiler warning out of the way, let's get right into it. Two years after Scott Lang was placed under house arrest due to his involvement with the Avengers, in violation with the Sokovia Accords, Hank Pym and his daughter, Hope Van Dyne, briefly managed to open a tunnel to the quantum realm. They believe Hank's wife, Janet Van Dyne, might be trapped there after shrinking to subatomic size in 1987. When he had previously visited the quantum realm, Scott had unknowingly become quantum entangled with Janet, and now he receives a message from her. With only days left of his house arrest, Scott contacts Hank about Janet, despite the strained relationship they have because of Scott's involvement with helping the Avengers. Hope and Hank kidnap Scott whilst leaving a large ant with Scott's ankle monitor as a decoy so as not to arouse suspicions of the FBI agent Jimmy Woo. Believing that the message from Janet is confirmation that she is alive, the trio work to build a stable quantum tunnel so that they can take a vehicle to the quantum realm and retrieve her. To accomplish this, they arrange to buy a part they need for the tunnel from a black market dealer, Sonny Birch, but Birch realises the potential profit to be made from Hank's research, and double-crosses them. Donning the Wasp outfit, Hope fights off Birch and his men until she is attacked by a quantumly unstable masked woman. Scott tries to help fight off this ghost, but the woman escapes with Hank's lab, which has been shrunk down to the size of a suitcase. Hank reluctantly takes Scott and Hope to visit his estranged former partner, Bill Foster, who gives them a way to locate the lab. After they find it, the ghost captures the trio and reveals herself to be Ava Starr. Her father, Elias, was another of Hank's former partners, who died along with his wife during an experiment that caused her unstable quantum state. Foster enters and reveals that Ava is dying and in constant pain as a result of her condition, and they aim to cure her using Janet's quantum energy. Believing that this will kill Janet, Hank refuses to help them and escapes with Hope, Lang and the lab. Opening a stable version of the tunnel, Hank, Hope and Lang are able to contact Janet, who gives them a precise location to find her, but warns that they only have two hours before the unstable nature of the realm separates them for a century. Using a truth serum, Birch learns the trio's location from Scott's business partners, Louis, Dave and Kurt, and he also informs a contact at the FBI about Scott's location. 
Luis manages to warn Scott, who rushes home before Wu can see that he is violating his house arrest. Hank and Hope are then arrested by the FBI, allowing Ava to take the lab in the process. Scott is soon able to help Hank and Hope escape custody, and they find the lab. There, Scott and Hope distract Ava, whilst Hank enters the quantum realm to retrieve Janet, whom he finds alive. Meanwhile, Scott and Hope are confronted by Birch and his men, and following a lengthy chase, Ava regains control of the lab, allowing her to begin taking Janet's energy by force. Louis, Dave, and Kurt incapacitate Birch and his men so that Scott and Hope can stop Ava, and Hank and Janet return safely from the quantum realm. Janet voluntarily gives some of her energy to Ava to temporarily stabilise her quantum state, and Scott returns home once again, just in time for a now very suspicious Wu to release him at the end of his house arrest, and Ava and Foster go into hiding. In a mid credit scene, Hank, Scott, Hope, and Janet plan to harvest quantum energy to help Ava remain stable. While Scott is in the quantum realm doing this, the other three turn to dust as the result of Thanos' snap, which occurs off-screen in the events of Avengers Infinity War, leaving Scott stranded in the quantum realm. Ant-Man and the Wasp was released on July 6, 2018, on a budget of between $130 and $195 million. It went on to make $622.7 million at the box office. Talks for a sequel for Ant-Man actually began shortly after the first film was released. Ant-Man and the Wasp was officially announced in October of 2015, with Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly returning to reprise their roles. A month later, Ant-Man director Peyton Reed was officially set to return. He joined the first film later in the process and was excited to develop this one from the beginning. He'd said he'd really fallen in love with these characters and felt there was a lot of story to tell with Hank Pym. He was also especially looking forward to introducing Hope Van Dyne as the Wasp in this film, and he was also the driving force behind treating Lang and her as equals. Reed would push to ensure that Wasp received equal publicity and merchandise for the film, and also wanted to explore the backstory of Janet Van Dyne as well. Hank Pym actor Michael Douglas had originally said that he was not signed on for any additional films, but he went on to say, I would look forward to more if it comes my way. However, he was later confirmed to be in talks to return in late 2015. He expressed his desire to have his wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones, cast as Janet Van Dyne for a potential follow-up movie. However, Evangeline Lilly, who plays the daughter of Hank and Janet, said that she would have liked to see Michelle Pfeiffer in the role. Production writers for the first film, Gabriel Ferrari and also Andrew Barr, signed on to write the script along with Paul Rudd, with writing starting in January of 2016. By April, the four writers, also including Eric Summers and Chris McKenna, as well as Peyton Reed, had been holed up in a room brainstorming the story, with Reed promising that it would have stuff that had never been seen in a movie before. Kevin Feige added that they wanted to stay true to what made Ant-Man so unique and different, and teased the potential of seeing Giant-Man on screen again after introducing him in Captain America Civil War. Despite being intimately involved in the writing and development of the script, Peyton Reed actually did not receive a writing credit on the film. Much of the film's cast was announced through late 2016 and early 2017, with Michael Douglas confirming his return in February of that year with much of the final casting then being announced at San Diego Comic-Con in 2017. Randall Park was confirmed to return as Jimmy Woo. Hannah John Kamen was announced for the role of Ghost. 
Walton Goggins was announced to be playing Sonny Birch, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne, and also Lawrence Fishbourne as Bill Foster. The Russo brothers, who are the directors of Avengers Infinity War, and also Avengers Endgame, but Avengers Infinity War was filming at the same time whilst Ant-Man and the Wasp was preparing to film. They were in constant discussion with Reed in order to ensure that the story elements would line up between the films. Joe Russo added that Ant-Man and the Wasp would have some plot elements that stitch in closely with Avengers Infinity War, more so than some of the other films leading up to the Avengers films. Reed knew that Ant-Man and the Wasp would be a fairly standalone movie, but could not ignore the events of Avengers Infinity War, with the biggest connection occurring at the film's mid-credit scene, of course. Filming took place between August and November of 2017 at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayette County, Georgia, as well as Metro Atlanta, San Francisco, Savannah, Georgia, and also Hawaii. Let's have a look at some other movie facts now. Paul Rudd really did learn close-up magic for the movie. He says, I really did learn some of the magic. I haven't really kept it up, but then again, trying to learn to be really good at magic in a short amount of time is like trying to learn violin in a short amount of time. Langston Fishbourne, who is actually the son of Lawrence Fishbourne, played the younger version of his character, Dr. Bill Foster. The alien-looking organisms in the microscopic realm on the way to the quantum realm are actually water bears, or tardigrades, which have actually been found in the most extreme environments on Earth, including hot springs, glaciers, the top of the Himalayas, and also deep-sea trenches. They can go dormant without food or water for decades and can actually survive incredible temperatures and pressures, and also radiation and toxicity, and even several days in space. And finally, Ghost is actually male in the original comics and is part of Iron Man's rogues gallery, never actually crossing paths with Ant-Man. His powers also come from his suit, rather than from the quantum realm. He eventually becomes an anti-hero after joining a team of superhumans called the Thunderbolts, something that we will actually be seeing Hannah John Kenman doing in the upcoming Thunderbolts movie also. It also remains to be seen if her powers will still come from her being quantum unstable, or if they will now come from her suit. And that's about it for this week's movie. I actually really enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp. I really like how they're able to feature both of these characters as really pivotal roles within this film. Like like Peyton Reed was trying to accomplish, like Ant-Man and the Wasp did have very equal roles to be able to play in this movie. And that's something that looks like it's going to carry on going forward into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So yeah, really, really enjoyed that. But I also just really enjoyed the story and also the addition of Janet Van Dyne and also how the quantum realm fits into the MCU. And this was kind of the origin story setting up what was then to come in Avengers Endgame. And whilst it was supposed to exist as its own standalone movie, I feel like a lot of the events of this film really, really tied into the central story of Avengers Endgame. So yeah, really, really enjoyed this. And I'm just looking forward to seeing where these characters go next, going into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and also beyond that as well, and seeing where they will go into potentially the next Avengers films going forward. So yeah, really, really enjoyed that. As always, I ask over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord, the Fun Zone Facebook group, and also on my social media for people to be able to share their comments on the movie as well. So let's see what you had to say this week.
Tim over on Instagram sent me a message saying, I actually really enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp. I wasn't sure what to think of it at first because I'm not really a fan of MCU sequels a lot of the time. However, I think the story was very well done and I feel that this story really sets up Avengers Endgame. And I completely agree with that. I'm not sure exactly how much input the Russo brothers had in terms of story elements and the script and things like that. I know that they had a a very heavy influence, let's say, on that mid-credits scene. But I'm wondering whether they had more influence over the the progression of this story in like with regards to like the quantum realm, for example, and how that could potentially set up the story arc going into Avengers Endgame. So yeah, really found that interesting. Now though, it's time to see what the guys over at Diz His had to say about the movie this week. Diz His Diz His review review. Okay, guys, so D-plus this week is Ant-Man and Wasp. What do you guys think about this movie, Alex? Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I, I like this movie. Um, it's not as good as Ant-Man, of course. Um, Walton Goggins is great in it, though. I love Walton Goggins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, um, Fishburne is good in it, and he plays kind of like a semi-villain, kind of, because they're going against because he's with Ghost. And the idea yeah. in that story is interesting, uh, for sure, but I just don't think it's good as Ant-Man. But I do got to say that the Michael Pettis part is hilarious when he does his flashback and he tells he tells a story yes. in the middle of the movie. That is one of my favorite parts of the original Ant-Man and also one of my favorite parts of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I hope yep. the next movie, I cannot wait for that scene to happen. And I think, you know, they have Olaf on Disney yep. Plus, right? And he's retelling movies. I think they should have that character retell all the movies. That, that, and, that, that, I, there's a lot of people who want that. And there's been kind of you know, mentions of that a lot that just have like a little series of him kind of retelling like the Marvel Marvel movies overall. I think that'll be hilarious. Yes. I think that'd be, that'd be funny. Randall Park has a bigger role in this than he did in the first Ant-Man, I think. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm happy about that. And they introduced the ghost, which is good. And she's going to be in that next series coming out, which is, um, what is it called? Thunderbolts, which I think I'm looking forward to seeing. So it's a good movie. I'm not. I'm. Ne- that's definitely not one of those movies that I might skip if I was trying to watch Marvel movies. I think I'd watch it, especially because it has so much to do with the next movie coming out, which is going to lead into what they just discovered in this one. Mm-hmm. These Ant Man movies definitely build off of each other. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. And this one, I think that this at the end of this Ant Man, right, really led into, in my opinion, one of the best Marvel movies that that they've made, which was like Endgame. You know, mm-hmm. that's when. Um, at the very end of this one, pretty much the snap happened. Yeah, the after credit scene. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. And, and then yeah, the snap happened, which uh, and then that's how pretty much Endgame came back was uh, Ant Man being in the multiverse, or in, in the quantum um, quantum realm. Wait, wait. And then do you say the snap happened after this one? Yeah. yeah. I thought the snap happened after the original one. Oh no, because the no. wife was back. You're, the mom was back. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The Ant Man's the, the original Ant Man was more like an introduction to Ant Man and everything about Ant Man. Right. This one, I think. I mean, and that's that's probably the best Marvel movie out there. It's gonna be Endgame. You know, the whole Avengers that with Thanos and all that. Um, yeah. Infinity War. Um, but yeah, this is a good movie. I mean, funny. I mean, which uh, um, Paul Rudd. I mean, you didn't even mention Paul Rudd, man. How great Paul Rudd is. Because I mean, do I have to mention Paul Rudd? That's, you that's have true, to, you like have to think about breathing air. No, mm-hmm. it's just it is what it is. But yeah, you're right. But uh, I mentioned this. I mean, I'm not sure if it was last week or the week before that on the Disney cruise. The wish, you know, we just went on the wish. Um, they have the 
the the restaurant that's like Ant Man themed, mm-hmm. and I have it right over here. You can kind of see if you're watching on Zoom. Oh, like cool. Like the, yeah, we got this is like a little cup with a drink in it, or whatever. Uh, it's like the little quantum thing that kind of turns your food bigger and or smaller, you know. Or this is what turns Ant Man smaller. Um, and they had Ant Man and the Wasp, like you know, there pretty much, uh, like on screen. It was actually Paul Rudd and what? Who's the girl who plays Wasp? Evangel. Uh, Yep, and Lily. They were there, kind of like doing their thing, and it was, you know, Paul Rudd's being goofy like usual. He's being, he's just acting like himself, you know. It seems like, and at the very end, Ant Man and Wasp kind of come out and they kind of walk around the restaurant and they wave wow. and all these different things. It's That's really cool. cool. Yeah. But how about you, Chris? What do you think of it? Um, I don't like this movie. It's uh, not a good movie. Uh, why? The, it's just not good. I mean, ask the ask the people who wrote it why they wrote such a bad movie. I did. I did. I didn't like it. I mean, yeah, Paul Rudd's great. Uh, it's just so take away Endgame, take away any connection from the MCU, and it's a it's a Disney Plus movie at best. Like it's yeah, just not. It's you. just it's not a good movie. It but it's a, definitely a bottom bottom five movie for me in the MCU. But the importance that it has connected to the rest of the MCU, yeah, what makes this movie at least interesting. Yeah. Um, and the characters that they. It, it's funny because I always looked at this movie as the worst movie with the most significance because because like without ant-man you don't you don't have like everyone's dead forever half the universe is dead forever yeah you know what i mean so um yeah i just i i don't like this movie i um i i don't i'm not looking forward to uh i wasn't looking forward to i should say a sequel to it but the way they're doing it looks awesome with uh quantumania so very excited for that I don't think I liked Wasp. I think that I think that um, Wasp was and now that it's coming back to me because it's been a while since I've seen this. I think it was Wasp took a lot of the spotlight from Ant Man in that movie, and Ant Man was more of a side character than the main character, and I just felt like it weakened uh, the movie in that sense. Uh, the Ghost was a good guy, I think. Wasn't Ghost like uh, Ghost Turned was out to be maybe? I think it was yeah, I think so. Or miscommunication or something like that. Exactly right. I kind of like those movies where it's kind of like the villains, like the villains are the whole thing, and really the villain is just really fighting for something that should be right. I think. I could right. be wrong, though. Like Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> you want to hear more from Joe, Alex, Jen, and Chris? Just visit DizHiz.com and listen to DizHiz on all podcast platforms. Thank you very much, guys. Remember, you can catch them on Fridays on Social Radio at 1 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern, as well as on all major podcasting platforms, including the Social Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash DizHiz. Remember, if you want to send me your comments on the Weekly Movie Club each week, you can do so in the Weekly Movie Club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord, or of course on any of my posts over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club, or also in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. Next week for the Weekly Movie Club, we'll be watching the Santa Claus 2 as our Christmas special, which will actually be our last episode of the year. And I actually wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who has been tuning into the show each week and subscribing and leaving reviews over on like iTunes or Apple Podcasts, should I really say. And I actually got an email through this past week that was kind of my like year in review for the podcast, giving me a bunch of statistics. And it actually informed me that my subscriptions over last year are up by 80%. And also my listens are up by 45% over the last year. So 
I just wanted to say to anyone who listens in each week, I am extremely thankful to every single one of you. I, I wouldn't carry on doing this if it weren't, weren't for people listening and commenting and leaving those reviews, involving themselves in the weekly movie club. So thank you very much to every single one of you who tunes in each week. And I say just... I, I don't I can't express enough of my gratitude for that. But anyway, hopefully you all have a good week. Thank you very much again for tuning in this week and hopefully you can tune in again next time. Have a great one everyone. Bye bye.